Hey everybody, this is the Gameology Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt. And I'm Attila Gabriel Brinsky. That's right. His name is much longer than mine, and he's going to be speaking a bit more of it because he knows a lot more about this topic. We're talking all about Hearthstone and microtransactions therein. Yeah. Um, after our discussion about uh, microtransactions last week, I kind of alluded to the fact that we were going to be discussing um, how Hearthstone employs microtransactions, and I said they do it better, um, sort of. So let's dive into that, sort of. Um, first of all, Hearthstone has a couple different kinds of microtransactions. Um, at its core, the game is a uh, like a, it's a card game where you get packs of cards and you use those cards to um, build decks and then you use the decks to play against other players um, either for fun or competitive or whatever you're just enjoying the game Um, so the way that you get these packs is by spending in-game gold Um, one of the best things about hearthstone is that for all of the um, all the things that you can get in the game um, you can spend this gold which you can earn and it's not that punitive um hearthstone's uh version of energy systems are quests which they give to the player every day so rather than saying uh you get one pack today now wait 24 hours until you get another pack it's actually much more potent and feels much more like a reward because they say here's a quest you get one quest per day and you get 40 gold if you complete this quest and then you actually have to do something as a player uh, in order to complete the quest, and then you get a pack out of it. So rather than feeling like you're being drip-fed, you feel like you're being given an opportunity, and then you earn the the currency. You're not just being... Um, you're not waiting on a, a timer to elapse. You're actually... Um, you have the agency. Yeah, you're you're accomplishing something. You're being rewarded for your accomplishment. Um, even though being given a pack every day for logging into the game, you would actually be getting packs more frequently than you would by completing the quests because your average quest is worth like 40 gold. Um, you can get some that are up to 100 gold or maybe uh, as little as um, every three games that you win, you get 10 gold, so you can get them in very small increments. Yeah, they reward Um, you. It's a participation award. Yeah, and then um, a pack of cards is flat out 100 gold. Um, You can also pay to play an alternate mode of the game um, called Arena, which is a sort of 150 gold entry fee, and then based on how well you do in the constructed Arena play, um, you will you have the potential to earn gold back. And once you get like about seven wins into the arena, you're effectively getting more gold back than you spent to get in to the arena. So there is a mechanism for players to like play perpetually. Um, And the other things, of course, that you can spend gold on in Hearthstone are the expansions. So rather than the pack of cards which you're given, which sort of contain uh, random cards, which might be like common or rare, uh, epic or legendary, um, obviously the higher tier cards coming much less frequently than the lower tier cards, and most of them having a much more potent effect. You can also buy the expansions, which are much more expensive. Uh, An expansion costs $30 thereabouts, depending on what platform you're playing on. Uh, And that translates to several 
wings inside the expansion, which are each worth 700 gold. So you could spend about 2,800 gold um, slowly building up to an expansion, which is what I did. The very first Hearthstone expansion um, was called Curse of Nexramus, and I was very new to the game at that point and determined to earn the gold necessary to play that expansion. And I spent a lot of time saving up gold so that I could play one wing of the um, expansion at a time. Um, the other, the next two expansions, the uh, Black Rock Mountain and the League of Explorers, I just paid for because I genuinely was having fun with the game. And in my view, when you're buying these expansions, they have these like boss battle type moments in the game, these um, moments where the developers have invested a lot into creating just these very fun experiences in the game. So I felt like I was paying for content. I felt like it was a worthwhile purchase. Um, but you can't shake the fact that when you buy these expansions, you are legitimately being given some very powerful cards. You're getting some junk cards as well, but you are getting some cards that can completely swing a game in your favor. Um, so whether you're paying for these expansions or you're paying money to buy cards instead of earning them through in-game gold, you the more money you spend in the game, the more likely you are to get more powerful cards, which can be used to create decks that are numerically uh, strictly better than cards, um, decks that you would get at a lower level in the game. So it's interesting that we spent the last episode talking a lot about how Anytime you pay to win, that's a terrible thing. And this is not an, this is more of an indirect way of doing that. Whereas if you were playing at somebody who has the rookie starter deck, that momentum swinger could come through and could completely and easily influence the tide of the game. Yeah. And it's one of those things where uh, a lot of people will sort of counter the argument of like, oh, it's not pay to win because you can't just buy these cards and not know how to use them. You have to be a a good player with a rookie deck will beat a noob player with a well-constructed deck any day just because there you know skill has some value in this game thank god um hearthstone has lots of rng uh in fact um to the point of criticism you know a lot of people say like oh there's so much rng you know i'd rather play something like magic the gathering um but what hearthstone does right in terms of microtransactions is um actually giving you content you know that's what that's what makes um, the expansion's really tricky is that you are paying for content genuinely, but you're kind of getting it bundled in with something that's more likely to help you win the game. Um, so in that sense, it is a bit of a pay-to-win game. Um, I get this odd feeling about that, though, because I am genuinely having so much fun with the game that I don't exactly mind, because they're very generous with the cards they give you, um, you know, you don't feel like you go so long without getting a reward in the game that you feel like you're being exploited for your time, that, oh, if only I threw down a bit of money and got some cards, I'd be getting these much more quickly. But I don't know. It's it's easy to imagine a game that I didn't like quite as much um, feeling more more difficult to part with my money for it. Do you feel, Do you feel that it's that it's a bit of a bias we give towards blizzard or do you think that it has to do with their amazing sense of presentation or slash the generosity because it's almost overwhelming in the beginning of a lot of blizzard games that use this format how much they give you right Mm -hmm. off the bat and they really kind of get you into that cycle and 
um, you generally don't find a lot of negative um, feelings towards it, towards Blizzard in this way. They're not really talked to, uh, you know, they're not talked a lot about in this way of in like negatively. Like they, yeah. if you mention Blizzard or EA, I mean, people just love Blizzard, and a lot of times they you break it down and they are doing it in the same way. But is is it the difference when when we were talking about Plants vs Zombie mm-hmm. and how mind numbing the grind was to like pick. Um, coins or pick get a snail and yeah i when you said that i was thinking last episode well what if the game was just fun mm-hmm. i mean what if they had like a game that was as fun as mario and you just played that to earn all the currency and much like rainbow six siege does you you the only way to earn the currency is to just play the game you bought and want to play so yeah i think blizzard gets that and that's a great part of microtransactions if it's fun and you're on you're working towards something that's that's great. And one of the gr- brilliant things Blizzard does is they're all about that one more game. Mm-hmm. And I, I will see my uh, American Matt from the 90s kid. He, if if he's one game away from unlocking something in Overwatch or, or Blizzard, you know he's playing it. <laughs> and we're going to open that up and we're going to look at it. And, that's, and it's a nice way to almost cap it off. Um, it's kind of like finishing a chapter, you know, before going to bed. Yeah, it's it's definitely still its own kind of conditioned response. You know, it's just... They're much more generous, um, and they've created a game which is far and above more fun than the average microtransaction-based game. Um, although with some very similar trappings, like there's no ignoring um, the fact that these practices aren't necessarily in the consumer's best interests. Like you, you got to um, for for a game that is as well produced as Hearthstone. Um, the fact that they are um, giving the game away for free to people, this is definitely one of those games where they expect people to be spending money on it. And the way they do this is more from social pressure because it is a multiplayer game. You see other people using cards and you're like, oh, how do I get that card? It's a free advertisement. Yeah. And it's the most interactive advertisement. Mm -hmm. And if you lose because of that card... I mean that'll stick with you. Yeah, and they are they are getting value out of you as a free player by being fodder for the people who spend a lot of money in the game. They they're getting this validation of ha ha ha, I spent all this money, I got all these powerful cards. Now I can decimate these noobs who don't have who haven't spent anything in the game. Now, you said that you unlocked the first expansion through pure grit. Yeah. And then you had bought the other ones and you mentioned that you had spent money on the other ones because you really enjoyed it. How did you find the time that it took to unlock that first one in comparison to uh, to the value? Do you feel like it was a bit of a ridiculous amount of time to spend on that or how did well, that work out? It, it's tough to say because that expansion came out right around the time that I was brand new to Hearthstone. Um, so they were doing a very similar thing where, like, the first wing of the expansion was free. Uh, I, th- I think they've done that with all the other expansions so far. It's like they, they get you a little bit of it for free, and then you can pay for the rest of it, either through the in-game currency or through um, the you know, plonking down the cash. Um, and at that point in the game, I didn't know a whole lot about Hearthstone. I was very much like a, a new player to the game. Uh, and the challenges that were presented in the expansion were so difficult that I couldn't win against the game bosses. So if I'd have just spent a whole bunch of money and then bought the expansion, I would have actually had a relatively negative experience with the whole thing because I would have just spent a whole bunch of money on something that I wouldn't have been able to complete necessarily because I wouldn't have developed the skills as a player necessary to defeat those bosses. 
And I think that's something that's very interesting to notice from the first expansion they did to the second expansion. The Blackrock expansion feels like something which was much more just sort of fun and you're you've got a way better shot at being able to win at Blackrock Mountain even if you're a relatively unskilled player, whether that's because they are like giving you decks, like special themed decks to play with, or just creating special circumstances or mechanics that are unlike normal Hearthstone gameplay, and therefore your skill in the game helps, but isn't necessarily strictly applicable to a brand new scenario. Hmm. So it seems like if you can insert... Uh, I mean, fun and skill seems mm-hmm. to be the uh the outlier not the outlier just the, the main prerogative of, of it feeling fair uh and that and that's really what it does well and it's and it was free i mean the money has to come from somewhere mm-hmm. and you can get away with playing the game completely for free and it's uh it's a really interesting concept because i would have been really happy paying uh 20 30 dollars for hearthstone um probably that would be about where i would cap off on it yeah. but i didn't really have much of an interest in playing it I probably wouldn't have played it if you didn't mention that you wanted to do that on the show. And because I had uh, American Mad... I gave you some homework. Yeah, exactly. And American Mad also wanted to play it as well. And because it was free, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, why not? I got nothing to lose. This is this is fun. And it's uh, it's a way of bringing me in. Will I spend some money on it? Who knows? And that'll, that'll be the really interesting thing that I'm going to monitor on myself six months down the road. Mm-hmm. Am I, I going to get into this so much that I want to buy the packs? And that's... And that it's it's whether the game can draw you in enough and you get competitive with it. For me, it's going to be if I get so competitive that I start researching it, mm-hmm. I'll probably end up spending a little bit in the expansion because, like you, I'll think this has been a, a great worth of time. I'm having fun with friends. The skills getting better. It's worth spending at least thirty dollars on it. Yeah, and it's one of those things where, like, even after at least like a year and a half of playing the game now, I've never felt compelled to buy a pack. It's just, it's never been something that I've felt like the game's ever forced at any point. I'm playing at a, a reasonably, you know, competitive level. I never get too high up in the ranking system. I think I've, I've only ever hit like 14 out of 20. Um, you start at 25, go up to ra- to rank one, and I've only ever hit like 14. Um, so I'm not a super competitive player by any means, but I don't necessarily feel like getting more cards would help because unlike the typical player... I like constructing my own decks. I don't like looking up the best decks. I don't like um, submitting to the idea that you have to play this deck to win the game. I like trying to come up with my own combinations. Um, maybe I'm foolhardy. Maybe that's just the game designer and me you know, acting out. Um, but I, I think that it's it's really great that I've never felt that pressure to have to buy... Um, the card packs because everything in the game well except (laughs) they have some ridiculously expensive cosmetic upgrades which you can only pay real game real money for you can't spend in-game currency on that but that's fine that's an interesting Um, idea that they would do that and it were it it makes sense for me logically and how i look at games but it's interesting that they like why why would they not (laughs) allow you to use the gameplay to get that well i mean you you and i kind of touched on this before where it's like Neither of us are the kind of person who cares about um, cosmetic upgrades. And I think that Blizzard has kind of realized this. And they say, okay, so there are some people who strictly do not care about cosmetic upgrades. But there are some people who care about it a lot. Um, 
So you and I, we don't care about uh, cosmetic stuff. We're never going to plonk down that money. They, they are not even trying to appeal to us by saying, oh, you can get it for in-game currency. It's like, well, we're never going to spend it. So why bother? So they, they have created this clear delineation of their market where like, they have these people who are going to spend real money on the aesthetic upgrades. It makes a difference gameplay-wise. It's easy cash for them. Um, and they don't have to worry about balancing anything. You know, these are among the best things they can do as far as microtransactions are concerned because they're supporting the product. They're not causing any balances. They're letting people express themselves. And it's, it's almost a philosophical choice. Yeah. Because there are, I mean, Rainbow Six Siege, another example, uh, you can use the in-game currency to buy, just to buy flair for your gun so mm-hmm. that when you get your moment to shine in the kill cam, everybody sees your like sweet golden gun or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but it seems like they just want to separate themselves from that. That like, all right, this has nothing to do with the gameplay, so we're not going to attach gameplay to it. It's uh, it's a strange thing, but you can still pay money in ways to allow yourself to win and unlock with gameplay currency. So it's a little bit muddled, but I could see it just being purely from you know a philosophy side of things. Yeah, I I think that the the real crucial differences between this and like Plants vs Zombies two is where I was mentioning in Plants vs Zombies two they have plants that are strictly better than the ones they give to you for free and you have to they are locked behind a paywall you cannot earn them with in game currency whereas everything in Hearthstone be it the packs or the expansions you can earn with in game currency and it's not an unreasonable amount of time so I feel. Hearthstone, as much fun as it is, as much as I love it, it throws this wrench into my feelings about microtransactions because it is done so elegantly and I don't feel like I'm being taken advantage of. I don't feel like, um, you know, if somebody says that they bought a whole bunch of packs in the game, I'm like, ugh, why? You know, why would you plonk down that kind of cash on something that you can just earn through regular play? Um, But still... It's the kind of game which would be hurt if microtransactions were more heavily regulated because they are being reasonable enough about it. Um, But this is an old model. I mean, Magic the Gathering started up in, what, the 90s and is still popular and played now, and they're they're not really inventing anything new. It's it's buy packs Mm -hmm. for the same amount of chance to get common to rare items that will improve your chances of winning in the game, and that has never been a problem before. Mm. (laughs) We we should talk about uh, trading card games at some point more in depth. But this is a trading card game. It is. Except you can't trade cards. You can't trade cards. But um, the the main thing that they've introduced are the whole like the the concept of the energy systems and the fact that you can earn currency that effectively lets you to get these cards for free. That's the main difference between this and Magic. So overall, um, Hearthstone being free, I would recommend it to anyone who's ever liked another trading card game, something similar. Um, I was into like Yu-Gi-Oh growing up, and that was enough to make me like Hearthstone. So if you've ever liked um, trading card games or that sort of thing, um, I'd recommend checking out Hearthstone because it is free. Um, And you can play cross-platform. Yeah, This is one of the few games that's uh, easy for me to play on a Mac with some of my PC friends that are like, come on, man, go get a graphics (laughs) card, get something better. Yeah, This is a game you can log in and play. You can play it on Android. You can play it on absolutely anything. Yeah. I think here we'll just, we'll we'll, we'll talk about um, one sort of tangent here. It was very interesting to see how Hearthstone came out on the different platforms. Okay. First and foremost, it was a PC product. It came out on PC because 
that's the sort of traditional market for this kind of thing. Then it came out for iPads, not Android, came out for iPads because iPads are um, in the Apple ecosystem, big spenders, right? So you can clearly see that Blizzard was trying to target the people that they were expecting to spend the most money on the product. Um, Thereafter, they made it a priority to bring Hearthstone to the rest, aka um, iPhone slash Android. It all came out like very close to one another. Um, the main reason like with Android it was a bit sticky is because they had to uh, create an interface that scaled properly. Right. iPad is such a tightly controlled platform that you know the exact dimensions and everything works really well. Um, when they brought it to iPhone, obviously it's a much smaller screen. You have to crop down the interface and make it work on... Uh, with a lot less like real estate um and that that sort of transition between the large scale version of the game and the small scale version of the game that's why they when they brought it to iphone that also meant they could bring it to android um because they were sort of spending the money to make the game playable on iphone and then okay the aspect ratio is the same now we can comfortably release it for android tablets as well but that's that kind of is a testament to blizzard's belief in quality over profit sometimes mm. whereas you make yeah ipad owners are people that are willing to spend more but the apple store is the biggest taker mm-hmm. like of all the different um, virtual marketplaces they take the most money so you would be you would it's be able standard 30 percent. i think they take a little higher don't nope. they compared to like nope. valve or nope. android 30 percent Oh, that okay. being said, um blizzard does want you to play the game on pc because that's where they take 100 percent of the profit Right, and that's where you'll see um, when you when you go to buy a pack in Hearthstone, you'll see the cost of buying a pack on iOS or Android is more than the cost of buying it on PC. Like it's a it's a dollar for a pack on PC, and it's like a dollar twenty nine on iOS slash Android because they're yeah. they're controlling for that amount exactly. Hmm. So yeah, that that's just a it's a it's a bit of a, a tangent, but it all kind of ties together with how. Um, you know, the, this particular company is choosing to handle microtransactions and create a game which seems to respect your time. And that's more than a lot of these kind of games can claim. Well, this was a nice cleansing episode after the uh, the, the dark place that our last episode of microtransactions. Yeah, leave it to Blizzard to make you feel a little better. I I've just have visions of Blizzard's bright colors bouncing through my head. But when I think of Candy Crush's bright colors, it makes me want to kill somebody. So you can listen to this audio, Gameology, or video on the United Kid YouTube channel. My name is and was Matt. You can find me on Twitter at GameThinkTalk. You can follow me on Twitter at BluishGreenPro, or you can check out my website, BluishGreenProductions, where you'll find the uh, little submit button for user feedback and comments, which we might read aloud on the show. Goodbye.